Good morning, and peace be with you. We have uh, some announcements to make. Uh, first off, there's some people here today that we haven't seen in a while. Um, we've got Doris and Hank. Hello, it's good to see you. And then, much to my great joy and surprise as well, my friend Scott over there. And uh, good to see you. It's been a while, and I always smile and am taken back to La Mirada and the Prince of Peace and where uh, a, a big part of this journey started. And I'm grateful, and I miss my family over there. And I have that picture still of the first time that I preached here, and you all came. Um, and then Ed comes, and he goes, Hey, Pastor. Your groupies are here. <laughs> and, and it became one big group, but thank you. It's so good to see you all here. Merry Christmas. I, uh, it still is the Christmas season, so uh, the world stops celebrating, but we don't, do we? And um, as far as uh, the announcements go, um, I got some, um, some news this morning. Um, that our sister in Christ, Rosie Kendig, passed away yesterday. And we uh, do not have any kind of details as far as a memorial service for her. Um, we'll be getting in contact with Bob uh, down in Arizona. And just in light of how things are uh, during this season of covid uh, I imagine that it's going, well, I know it will um, really change things and, and it won't be maybe uh, what uh, uh, Rosie would have liked as a memorial service, but uh, we will uh, let Bob uh, go with that. But in the meantime, will you please keep Bob in your prayers? Um, and uh, Bob's brother, Billy, uh, who is uh, in a home as well. So, Please keep those young men uh, in your prayers for peace and comfort from the Lord. Also, we have coming up this uh, in January on the 9th is a council meeting. And on the 16th is our congregation meeting. And uh, we do that every year, as you know. And this year, uh, there's nothing really major, even though I say we've made changes to the Constitution, which would indicate it would be na uh, major. Uh, it really isn't. Well, the changes that were made to the Constitution were to add the actual verbiage that we are duly affiliated, not just affiliated with the North American Lutheran Church, the NALC, but also affiliated with Lutheran Congregations in Mission for Christ, the LCMC. And that was not in our uh, most recent constitution, and so it has been added. And that's it. And if you have questions regarding that, please do come to the council meeting on the 9th, and let's talk about it. Otherwise, we will all meet together on the 16th. There will be sandwiches and refreshments, and then we will gather together in the name of Jesus and take care of the business of the day, and then we will go. 
in the name of the Lord. So that's about all I have this morning. Our opening hymn is Noel. Thank you. Love incarnate, love divine Star and angels gave the shine Bow to babe on bended knee The Savior of humanity The child is born He shall reign
we come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we... ...and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us. Renew us and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. And Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called, ordained servant of Christ, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. 
worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O oh God, our Maker and Redeemer, you wonderfully created us, and in the incarnation of your Son, yet more wondrously restored our human nature. Grant that we may ever be alive in him who made himself to be like us through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verses 10 through chapter 62, verse 3. And this can be found on page 1158 in your pew Bible. Um, during the month of December, each Sunday we've heard from Isaiah. And the first half of the book of Isaiah contains many scathing denunciations of people's sin. Um, the second half brings promise of blessings from the future Messiah, and we're going to hear from the second half today. Isaiah 61, 10 through 62, 3. I, greatly, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes a sprout come up, and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet, till her vindication shines out like a dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. The nations will see your vindication and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name 
that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. We will read Psalm 111 responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin. In this psalm, we hear that all God does is good, and our reverence for God is the beginning of wisdom. Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness will endure forever. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. The works of his hands are fruitful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The epistle this morning is taken from the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, and can be found on page 1813 in the Pew Bible. Paul's letter to the churches in Galatia emphasize what Christ and the Holy Spirit have done for our salvation. Galatians 4, 4 through 7. But when the set time had come, had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are His child, God has made you also an heir. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is taken from the book, the book, the book of St. Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 through 40, and can be found on page 1591 in the Pew Bible. Luke 2, 22 through 40. 
When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, As you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel." The child's father and mother marveled at what was said. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, This child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but she worshipped night and day, fasting and praying Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom And the grace of God was on him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. Our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. 
in the name of Jesus. Throughout the ages, and at least as long as I've been alive, I've noticed that people love to talk about or, or say, just wait. Just wait until the truth comes out. They say, when the truth finally comes out, all errors and lies and wicked deceits will finally be put to rest. When the truth comes out, the poor victim will finally be vindicated or I'll be vindicated. When the truth comes out, all will be made right once again, just like it once was. Yeah, well, I don't think that's true. I'm not buying it. I don't think that the noble cry for truth is sincere. You see, I pay attention, I'm sure you do too, to who is usually crying the loudest for truth. And what I see is politicians and lawyers and perpetual victims. The commonality is, is that they don't want the truth. They just want their version of the truth. In reality, these are the last folks that want the real truth to be brought to light. After all, real, objective truth has a way of revealing, laying bare the real intentions of the heart's and minds of men. Nobody wants that. I mean, really, be honest. I don't. Would you really want to know what's in a person's heart? You may think you do, but ignorance is bliss, and if that is true, I'm the happiest man that's walked the face of this earth because the truth of what's in my heart or in your heart laid bare for all to see and know wouldn't be a pleasant sight. We may talk a good game and we may boast that we don't care if people see what's in our heart. We have nothing to hide. We may boldly cry for the truth to come out and be made known. But the truth of the matter is that we often prefer that the truth remain right next to our skeletons behind the closet doors. The reason that I lead with this is because Simeon 
makes a point of prophesying specifically to the truth that is Jesus Christ. He says, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed so that the thoughts from many hearts will be revealed. Think about what he's just said there. For all of Israel, Jesus' own people will either fall or rise because of him. There will be no middle ground. There will be no gray area. They will either rise or they will fall. Period. Either way, they will believe or they will reject. And as we well know, many do reject Jesus, the Christ. They hear the truth, they even see the truth, and they refuse to hear. They refuse to see. And there were all those years that they were crying out for the Messiah. They would say, you wait and see until the Messiah gets here. You wait until the truth comes out. And what do they do? When the truth is right in front of their face, the truth as in the way, the truth, and the light, right in front of their face, what do they do? They crucify him. His truth didn't match the truth that they expected, that they wanted, that they demanded. The truth of Christ it exposed, it laid bare their sinful desires. It's what truth does. Their sinful hearts were exposed. Now, it's easy to recognize how Simeon's prophecy was fulfilled in those people of Israel. But what about now? I guess it's not difficult to recognize the truth of Simeon's prophecy in today's world, is it? Christ is still so very, very divisive because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, either we rise in a new life of faith or we fall in the death of unbelief. That's it. Either we come to him as Savior or we will go to him as judge. There's no middle ground. The cross of Christ is still a sign that is opposed. It's vehemently opposed in some cases. The thoughts of the heart are revealed in this cruciform, in this cross light. When we say Christ and him crucified, that reveals your heart, my heart. 
And I know it's very easy to recognize this truth when it comes to loud and proud opposition. There are many people who proudly make their opposition to Christ and to his church public knowledge. They want everyone to know that they don't believe in Skyman or a storybook. But you know what? That is not the issue here. What is the issue is, is us. Those who stand in proud public opposition to Christ, at least, at least they're honest. They're honest about their opposition and their hatred of Christ. And I can, I can respect that more accurately. I can acknowledge that, but I don't condone it. It doesn't end well for them. But I have to acknowledge it, and in a way I have to respect it for them being truthful. Their dark hearts match their dark words. There's a certain sense of integrity, even though it's wicked. But what about those who profess their love for Christ? Can Christians stand in opposition to Christ? Uh, yeah. We've got to remember that the Jews love God, and yet they clearly stood in opposition to Christ. God in the flesh. They were opposed to him. Are we any different? Are we any better? Let's consider a simple fact that to sin is to oppose God. It is to oppose He and His righteousness. And that's just the bare bones truth. To be a sinner is to be in opposition to God. To sin is to oppose God. It's cut and dried. Now we could go into a whole litany of many and various ways that we sinfully stand in opposition to Christ, but for brevity's sake, I'm sure you're glad to hear that. For brevity's sake, I'll just direct you to God's holy ten commandments. Examine yourself in the light of this truth. I will too. No excuses. No self-justifications or pleas of, to technicalities or special circumstances. One simple example was and is this. Christ was here on Christmas Day along with the whole company of heaven. He's here every Sunday with us. He's divinely serving his word, his body, and his blood for the forgiveness of sin, for the peace that surpasses all human understanding. 
the truth came out. Did you? If not, what was more important than Jesus? You could ask that on any Sunday. Repent or rebel. That's the bare bones truth. It's true of the third commandment. It's true of all of the commandments. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But there's more to that verse. Isn't there? All have sinned and fallen short, but all are redeemed in the blood of Christ. All have been justified and declared innocent in his all-redeeming death and resurrection. My family in Christ, my fellow sinners, this is the truth. The cold heart, hard, blessed, Christ-centered truth. Right up there the, on the cross is the truth of your sin and my sin. Right up there on the cross is the truth of God's righteousness. Right up there on the cross is the truth of God's righteous wrath against your sin and against my sin. This is the very sign of the opposition, the enmity that exists between God and the children of Adam who are all sinful by nature. Here, at the same time, is the sign and proof of God's love for you. Here's the truth of God's incomprehensible love for you. Here is God's undeserved grace and mercy for you on full display for all the world to behold on that cross. He was pinned there for you and for me. And look at the font. And Look at the altar. People say, I need to see Jesus. Well, here's Jesus. In the Word, in the water. I need to see Jesus. Here's Jesus in the wine, in the bread. Here is Christ with us. Here are God's gifts of grace freely given to you. His gifts of mercy and peace. For you, fully, freely held out to you and on full display for all the world to behold and to hold fast to. And many oppose Christ in these sacraments. Many will say they are just symbols. Even God-fearing Christians who still cling to the lie of works and righteousness. There are even some good God-fearing Lutherans who do the same. 
Repent or rebel. The truth is what it is. And this is precisely why I point to you, why I proclaim to you Christ and Him crucified for God's grace and mercy. I point you to the truth of God's peace and love. I point you to the truth of our rebellious and self-centered, self-serving sin, what it is. And you know, we can try to justify and excuse it all we want, but our excuses won't change the truth. All that sin has already been paid for by Christ. It's been paid in full with his flesh and his blood. Your impossible debt, my impossible debt, has been paid in full by him. The wage of your sin, of my sin, has been paid in full by his death. His victory... His victory over sin and death and the devil has been credited to you. His victory is your victory by virtue of your baptism into him. His victory is your victory by his all-redeeming death and his resurrection. And this gospel truth truly changes a man. This gospel truth produces joy and peace that truly does surpass understanding. My beloved family in Christ, here is your Savior. He's right here. Right where he tells you to seek him right where he promises to be. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life for you. May this truth of Christ and him crucified, may it take root in your heart and spring up to bear the fruits that only this tree of life can produce. May this Christ and Him crucified truth guard and keep your hearts and your minds in Him. May this revealed truth of God's great love for you give you peace and joy And may this Christ-centered, cross-centered peace, joy, and love be witnessed in all that you say, that all that you think, and in all that you do, to the glory and the praise of God alone. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
Please stand if you're able. Let us confess together our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Of all that is seen, we believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, only God, God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one God, Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary, 
was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And on the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray to God Almighty, our Heavenly Father, His Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Father, thank you for sending your Son Jesus to walk among us, experiencing our joys and troubles, and teaching us about the Father's love and saving grace. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, who brought us to faith, who spoke through the prophets to warn us of God's discipline when we stray and who resides within us to counsel us and comfort us when we are in distress. Thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for focusing our minds and hearts this Christmas season on what's truly important. What you did for us rather than what we do for ourselves, each other, or even for you. Thank you for showing us, for slowing us down, focusing our hearts and minds on you, our blessings of family and friends, food and shelter, and your creation around us. Thank you for incredible sunsets that show your creative power when we slow down enough to see what's in front of us. We continue to pray for our president and all who serve the citizens of our nation at all levels of government. We ask that you continue to shine your light on those we have elected who are corrupt hypocrites, or otherwise serve themselves rather than our citizens. Please help us remove from office those whom you have identified as unworthy of our trust. Protect our nation from our sinful decisions and restore us to be a light of the world. Holy Father, please banish the COVID-19 virus from the earth. In the meantime, please shield our bodies from its destructive effects and heal those who have contracted this disease. Help us to not fear what we do not know or understand, trusting in your mercy to keep us safe. We thank you for healing our loved ones, families, including our church family and friends, of their brokenness in whatever form that takes. Please heal broken relationships and their impact on the innocent. Help us to admit and repent of our trespasses against others as you have forgiven us for trespassing against you. We pray for your forgiveness every week, though we are incapable of forgiving others. Thank you for not judging us as we judge others. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding us in our hearts when we sin and to also repent of our mistakes and misdeeds. 
Holy Father, we pray for those families who own small businesses and their families and employees throughout the country who have worked hard and placed everything they have on the line to survive and serve others. Please enable our leaders to see the destructive effect and collateral damage to families, friends, and well-meaning citizens who only seek to place food on their table and provide shelter for their families. Help elected leaders to look beyond their own comfortable positions to see the suffering of others and act with compassion to ease the pain and suffering of their constituents. We pray for the safety of our nation. We pray that those who would place bombs as in Nashville, Tennessee recently and harm police and other law enforcement officers or first responders wherever they serve the general public would be identified and removed from our society permanently. Guide us to root out evil among us and address Satan's minions wherever they seek to separate us from you. Thank you, Holy Father, for saving us from our own sins against you and one another. Please, Holy Spirit, help us do better. God Almighty, thank you for a Merry Christmas. You saved us from our sins and showed us the light of the world. Thank you for always being with us from today until we are all with you in heaven. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace responsibly and from a distance. Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts. With them, we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. In the wonder and mystery of the Word made flesh, you have opened the eyes of faith to a new and radiant vision of your glory, that beholding the God made visible, we may be drawn to love the God whom we cannot see. And so with the church on earth, 
and the hosts of heaven. We praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. Then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This feast, foretaste of the feast to come, is where Jesus meets you in many ways, but in this one way, today, right here, Jesus is present. He's present in and on, above and below, and side by side of these elements. And so these elements do impart grace upon you. They do impart salvation everlasting life, forgiveness of sins. For those who believe, for those who confess Christ as Savior, and I heard you. So the ushers will bring you forward. Come, the table is prepared.
the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is joy to the world. Sing.